This is Shaka Ward Speak. You know what that is, Gareth? I know what that is. That is, bel- a, that is a clarion call. That's Belinda Carlisle, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the Go-Go's. Yeah. Let's just wait for the, um, what's the uh, chorus of this? What are, they, what are they telling us? What are they singing about? There's something I want. What do I want? They're taking too long. Come on, Belinda, get to it. Yeah, Let's just go. like the real thing, man. Just like the real thing. Yep. They're chewing gum in the video. Mm-hmm. Sitting on a... Um, do they have trench coats on? They do. Raincoats. Teased hair? Teased hair. Lots of like really magenta makeup. Looking abjectly ap- disinterested and ap- apathetic. This is the 80s, man. Yeah. Been a long time 80s. coming. Because what? Come on, get to it, lady. <laughs> Come on. I don't, do they take is this Is there long a chorus? Oh, she's doing the uh, the dance too. The right dance. The Carlton. Yeah, here it is. What is it? What is it? What is it? Mm. I ever wanted... Vacation, happy to get away. Vacation, blah, 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 blah. We're yeah, here, hey, and we're up? back. Shock Awards speak. Shock Awards speak. And we're doing, listen, you know, it gets heavy year-round. It's been a heavy couple years. Yeah. yeah. But we're about to take a vacation, and so we thought we'd Heck give yeah. you a Rethink Vacation episode. Yeah. For faithful listeners, don't be turned off by this. Vacations matter. Yeah, if you've lived through the first 12 minutes of us getting to the chorus of yeah. that Go-Go song, just stick around. Then stick around. I can't say there's going to be a payoff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we And listen, uh, we got some he- heavy-hitting topics for our Rethink series, which was supposed to be three, but it's turned into um, an indefinite run. It, it's weird. It turns out there's a lot of things you can rethink. To rethink. And so we uh, don't dismay. This week we don't have uh, a big, deep rethink for you, but we do have a... a, a um, a list that I think is going to be really uh, worth Yeah, and uh, it's super into. fitting to just kind of <clears throat> chill out a little bit uh, on this episode because we are going into a week of vacation. Uh, a really, a week of vacation. You know, it's a great yep. time. We've needed a vacation. We all, you all work and, and uh, you know, running the galleries a challenge, being a visual artist and designer is a challenge, doing the collaborative work we do, you know, like all of us. And so, um, yeah, so we thought we'd just do a vacation episode that would drop while we're on vacation. Yeah. So you all can understand. Um, well, we won't, we won't necessarily be on vacation, but we got a vacation coming. Yeah. So let's just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah, Why I a think, vacation gear? Why uh, should we rethink vacation? Um, also it's such a privileged thing to talk about. It really is. But, but here's the thing is like, you know, if you're talking about, uh, vacation, like it's, it's a, when I think of the term vacation, like there, there's like cultural ideas that come to mind. Yeah. Right. So there's these ideas of like, oh, vacation means you're like going to some place that's like costly. expensive and yep. costly and it's completely different than where mm-hmm. you are and all of this. But um, like the older I get, the more the concept of vacation is twisted from mm-hmm. that and turned into something a lot more advantageous because to be honest, I could count on one hand and have fingers left over the amount of times I've gone on that type of vacation yeah yeah it yeah, just doesn't sure. happen i i'm thinking you've even like my favorite was the um al bundy vacation for <laughs> married with children where he taped off the living room floor yes and sat in front of a tv and acted like he had gotten on an airplane and so no one could talk to him for about a week <laughs> and he was like in a catatonic state in the living room 
and then he, you know, then he gets off the airplane, which is stepped out. He steps outside the, uh, mm-hmm. the rectangle and, you know, they put, um, well, the Hawaiian, like a Hawaiian lays. On yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and he owns it. And I'm like, that's, that's my vacation. It's yeah. just a, a mental break at a minimum from, no, totally. Um, from being too serious, from doing some of the things mm-hmm. that really, um, you have to give a lot to. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, there's, um, like everybody's kind of like doing, like we're all resting. Right? Yeah. We're all kind of taking like at the end of the day, you, you put your feet up, you take a load off, uh, you do your thing. But the thing about vacation is it's not, it's not just taking a load off. It's really like, it, it's a, it's a separation yeah. between things yeah, and, and an extended separation. Right. So it's not, you know, 12 hours at night, yep. you're sleeping dairy, you're grabbing a bite. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's more of a much dedicated, much more dedicated thing. Yeah. So trying to turn off the phone a little bit for me, um, you know, we have the show up, but you know, a week without mm-hmm. opening the gallery, just, just some, you know, like I was, it's funny. I was at a, um, getting my car, um, oil change today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, w- this place is just great. Just such a, um, a godsend. It's such a great place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which I rarely can ever say in my life when it comes to auto places. But, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you know, they were extra busy and they got my car in and out quickly, which I was surprised by. And so I was like, um, you know, relatively speaking, and I was like, you know, what's going on, man? You know, like, why are you all? Mm-hmm. They said two things. There's a lot of people that haven't driven in a year and a half. Yeah. That So their tags are two years old. Mm-hmm. And they said, but also a lot of people know that we're on vacation next week. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I was like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, and all they're doing is they're just not going to be in the shop. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just taking a week off from, from, from the work, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's that being at home or whatever. And sometimes you got to give yourself the category of, um, cause vacation has a kind of a positive connotation or, and I don't mean by positive, positivistic, like sappy sentiment, but I mean, it has a positive assertion of like, there's something you're doing in place of what you're doing. Right. You know, so it's like, it could be restful, but it could be quite active. Oh, totally. It, could, it just could be an, uh oriented towards things that charge you up um could be your family and your friends could it just be you know for me it's like um a vacation week of even a staycation where your state of mind about your home mm-hmm. sincerely is like like let me let me come to my house as a what do you call it um like as a, a guest, tourist a tourist yeah yeah, yeah. as a way of just kind of um appreciating what you so often take for granted in your context. Yeah, totally. You I know mean, what I mean? It's, um, and there's a lot to be said about like the mindset mm-hmm. of it, right? Like that, uh, like, um, you know, my, my oldest daughter, there's a lot of times where we are having conversations about something that she doesn't, she doesn't like doing. And she sort of says, well, I don't, the, the implication of the conversation is like, well, I don't like doing it. So I, I don't feel like I should have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the sort of the, it's like, you know, cleaning room, eat your vegetables, you know, all stuff yeah. that nobody's like a huge fan of. Yeah. Right. And so the, the conversation always veers to a place where we say, well, your mind is a really big muscle. Yeah. Your brain's a big muscle and your body um, sometimes can follow better mm-hmm. when your brain is kind of speaking up. Yeah. So uh, mindset is huge. Yeah. A lot of times, like it's not going to solve everything. It's not right. going to be, you know, primary. Um, but there is something to be said for the, the, the mindset you have. Because um, I know for me, I have a hard time like going on vacation. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time doing any of that because it it takes a few days for my my brain to kind of realize like oh you don't you don't have to do anything today. Yeah. And then it's sort of hard to ramp up at the end as well. Yeah. So you know, so this being um and that's the thing, man. I think so this being like the summer vacation episode just to kind of typify uh the idea that we all should take one. 
I, you know, I just want to go full satellite brain to brain non sequitur on you, dude. Do it. Indiana Jones is coming out. What? Yeah. And Talk Harrison Ford got hurt again. He's 78. Yeah. He hurt his shoulder. And now, um, so we're going to go completely off rail today. We're going to give you a taste of, of, of an average conversation with Gareth and Ryan. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. And we're just going to ramble. I mean, we're just, we, that's what we do anyways, but we're just going to talk about what is non-related and, you know, we hope that if you're patient with us enough, you'll permit us uh, a goof off episode. Yeah. Well, um, and, and here's, you know, to la- add one last bit okay. of uh, maybe cogent linear. Okay. I would say that <clears throat> as helpful as a vacation is, yep. the kind of conversation that you get to be privy to uh, actually is hugely helpful because it becomes massively generative. Because mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, we've had episodes in the past where we've been like, oh, here's a lighthearted one, and then it turns super serious. You just never know. Because you never know where it's going to go. Um, but... Uh, sometimes the the fun in turning off is that it actually goes somewhere wonderful. Yeah, it lets you other areas turn on. Yeah, so it, without uh, it being contrived. So, so Harrison yeah. Ford got Harry, hurt. Harry Ford got hurt, and he's seventy eight, and in a fight scene, training for a fight scene. Yeah, and so my con, my concerns are, I was talking too far from the mic. My concerns are that I don't have any because it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, well, my questions are: this is the first one where Spielberg. And Lucas won't be involved. Mm. Mm. Yep. And there needs to be a tighter bow on the Indiana Jones saga than the last one. There's too much. What do you mean? Yeah. There's just too much dispute. Right. You know, so I look at Indiana Jones like pizza. I love pizza, good and bad. Mm -hmm. So I'll watch all of it, even if it's not the best, uh, you know, ones. And I have my hierarchy. But um, as I get older, um, The Last Crusade becomes the better one. Uh, when I was like 10, you know, it's like uh, Temple of Doom and Return of the Jedi were the best Star Wars. As I get older, it's the first of the few. And, you know, like you change according to your perspectives on, mm-hmm. on you know, what, what's good or bad or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I have concerns about stewarding these kinds of cultural projects that have a lot of, um, like, is the nostalgia of the past worth messing with um, in order to have new games in the future? with an actor who, you know, who's, who's approaching 80 years old. Like, do we, do we need to see Indiana Jones in his eighties? There's the part of me that says yes, but not if you mishandle it again, the way you mishandled star Wars. Right. So I'm concerned. And then, you know, so I want to see Harrison Ford throw punches as an 80 year old guy. Just like I like seeing, um, you know, when he had his dad on in, in last crusade. I mean, I think there's a great, there ought to be a way to have an 80 year old Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. It shouldn't be hard to imagine an aging archaeologist who is a you know resigned adventurer who you throw some new people in that want to you know dust off the hat and go for one more treasure hunt or whatever. Yeah, because I mean the, the reality of that situation is um, at some point in between all of the action packed things that were the movies, mm-hmm. he probably had some mundane days. Sure, you know he was just in his class teaching. Yeah, just his class teaching, you know, doing research, reading books, doing things that are cool yeah. and but not demanding like that. So, you know, I'm wondering too, you know, do I, do I want to see, this is the question I think everybody listening is, is, is carrying. It's why they tuned in for. This is what they came for. Um, is, do you want to see national treasure with Nick Cage more than you want to see Indiana Jones five? Gosh, national treasure three or Indiana Jones five. I mean, dude, that's a tough one. Can Um, they combine them? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think that's what it is. Like they, they both end up in a treasure pit Yeah, and they're just like, could you, that's the ultimate face off. 
Yeah, I mean, what you know? Who knows? And that's maybe that's where the baton passes. Mm-hmm. And we get Indiana Jones six with Nick Cage. With Nick Cage, and somehow, but you know, and in that, if, if that were to happen, then we'd probably be able to get Indiana Jones six through twelve over the course of I don't know four to five weeks. Yep. Yeah, depending that on how they can churn out movies. Yeah, they can. Yeah, Nick Cage can can do a lot very quickly. You know, so I mean, I think it, just to put a bow on it, that's just something that's been on my mind heavy. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. It's a it's a taxing <clears throat> taxing question. Um, and I, you know, and and I and I, I would like to thank you for hoisting that question upon me because yeah. now it's just going to tax me. Yeah, it's going to burn you out. It's going to burn you out over your over your break from um, doing shock arts based stuff for a it, week. It is, and I will have to come yeah. to some conclusion on it. And have to bring up. What are you going to do? It. Not seeing art for a week? Well, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, what are you going to do? Not seeing art for a week? What would I do? I think I would probably uh, joyfully look at whatever thing is in front of me and find the art in it. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll play some freaking miniature golf. Yeah, mini golf. I'm, I'm going to play some, mini golf and just, play tic-tac-toe. Heck yeah, dude. I'm going to uh, grill some burgers. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. I started a painting. Oh. Well, I started working on an old painting mm-hmm. and I messed it up because I haven't been painting. So, which is not a bad thing. It's a, I sacrificed what I thought was actually a good painting and thought I could just like pick up with it. And uh, yeah, I lost it a little bit. So we'll see if I can bring it back. I tell you what, I, um, I've bought a couple paintings recently. Oh yeah. From some, uh, some good friends that make beautiful stuff that I love. Yeah. Um, and so what I can do as I'm taking a break from things is just sit around with some, some just highly enlightened disinterest mm-hmm. as I bask in the space that they create for me. Yeah. Just do it. You sound cynical, dude. <laughs> I didn't want to sound cynical. <laughs> I want to sound sarcastic, but I you guess it just went too deep. <laughs> too deep. It goes to cynicism too quickly. Yeah, it's just it's a reaction. But what a, what a heck of a year so far. So that's I think that's part of the thing. It's like we're in a kind of a middle of the year mm-hmm. uh, thing, and we have um, just the shifting landscape of uh, what's going to happen with the – New school year, the ga- new gallery season, people mm-hmm. coming back to galleries. You know, we've got some interesting things we can't talk about as of yet that are on the horizon that That's could be right. awesome. Yeah, really awesome. Um, secret, secret. Secrets. You should you should tune in soon, though, because when, when we tell you, you'll want to know. Um, but my, I have the lingering question about COVID coming back again in the fall. Yeah, yeah. And having another shutdown. Something inside me just says it's possible. Yeah, I think it is possible. I'm just, man, I hate that so much. Yeah, I know. I mean, because I've, you know, I've been in a few places where like I've I've seen like palpable relief on people's faces. To just yes. be able to be out. Yep. Yeah, you know, I talked to somebody at a show a few weeks ago and they said they really hadn't been out for over a year. And it was nice and there was just a relief on their face. Right. And, you know, I, I love that. Um, and, uh, you know... Um, I, I have an extended period in my house. I could go a little while before that happens again. Yeah, I think not that so, I don't man. love my house, but I don't. I don't want to stay there forever. No, and I think um, it. It you know it makes it hard to to plan. And mm-hmm. I think if you're, it's difficult to exist in an indefinite state of uncertainty, and right. um, you know make things creatively or or um, I mean you can you can get into a season where you do, but. You know, we managed to survive the first shutdown mm-hmm. and come out of it 
doing pretty well. But, you know, so to get things back up and running again, mm-hmm. the way that it's starting to go, and then to foresee another shutdown. Um, and, you know, I've, he- I've heard different things, but I've just heard that this other, um, the Delta the variant, variant or, whatever. or whatever, that there's some scientists who are like, it's very probable that we will have another shutdown mm. that the because of the spike or whatever. And um, I think that, you know, I don't want to be a bummer, but it just says, it says a lot about how not out of the woods we are with it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. But, but, you know, so I'm excited. I got this excitement for what's happening with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think a, a week off from thinking about it or trying to, see, this is the thing about vacations is, will you actually stop thinking about stuff or not? You know, and, and I, sometimes I can, sometimes yeah. I can't, um, just getting to spend some time with my family and not be doing everything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great just to kind of hang out. But, um, there are real questions, man. Like how do you, how do you plan for the future? You know? Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah, it's a real question. Um, and that's tough. And I think, you know, it's, um, you plan for it till it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, which applies to a lot of places in life. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's also coming from a person who's like really keen on planning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know. It's tough though. Um, you know, also, I, I, you know, we'll go ahead. We'll go for it. Go I ahead. was going to say, I haven't, uh, I haven't been able to kind of go into the earlier conversation. I haven't been able to go to a theater and see a movie. I know. Like, yep. you know, and I, there's a few that I like, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to see that in a theater. Yeah. Yeah. You like know? I'd like to see the builder in a theater. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I might do that. Um, I'd also love to see old Indiana Jones. Yes, I'd like to see. You know, yeah, absolutely. If that comes out in the theater, I want to see it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to uh, just watch it at home. No. Um, I'm. I'm less. Laura and I started to get more anxious at theaters in general. Like we stopped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just the crowd or you just get old and you want silence. Dude, I'm like an 11 a.m. movie goer. Yeah. Okay. I could. I can do that when it's like empty. It's preferable. Yeah. Because um, I actually am a easily distracted but intense movie watcher. Like I just want to watch in silence. I don't yeah. have to call. Like me and you go to the movies. I just want to sit quietly watch the movie, and mm-hmm. then afterwards we'll talk about it. Yeah. I just you know? apologize in advance for the smacking of the gummy bear. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. So much. But um. Yeah. I mean, I think I think um, there's so much speculation around you know, which way things are going to go. And, uh, we saw big turns out turnouts at our shows, mm-hmm. uh, recently. And, um, so there's this desire. It's obviously there. Um, but you know, I'm hearing things like scarcity of food, like that there's things on the horizon and I'm like, wow, we, we're going into something that, um, has you know, multi layers to it. So even thinking about what does it mean to envision an arts and like, I mean, just putting myself on the mats and holding myself accountable to the idea, like, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a two-parter, which we'll get back to on art and poverty, but what does it mean to be making, making things or thinking along these lines or writing poems or, mm-hmm. um, performing or whatever it is in the, in the midst of, of decline or recline or absence of abundance or, yeah. and, uh, and um, I think I think it requires some some posturing, like some stepping back and just kind of taking a deep breath and saying, "Okay, where are my real convictions lie?" 
Yeah. Maybe that's what I feel like this has been is a time of testing for your convictions. Like, what are my real convictions? I think one, I mean, you know, like if, if, if things were to kind of regress and we go back into some sort of shutdown, I think one thing that is, um, one thing I could kind of take as a positive is a lot of the conversation during that year of nothing uh, was that this, you know, this was unprecedented. Like mm-hmm. we did not experienced this. This is a global event. It's, it's very different than things in the past. And, or there was so much time between things similar in the past that we just really didn't know how in the way that life is now to live. Mm-hmm. There's a context now. Yeah. And you know, there, there's a hope, like an internal hope that I have that if it happened again, that we'd have some knowledge, we'd have some wisdom. And maybe we could at least, you know, even if we can't affect things at like the large systematic level, mm-hmm. we could we could kind of do uh shut down better. Yeah. As individuals, as collective groups, as small communities, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there there'd be less of a learning curve. Yeah. And there may be more of like uh, you know, trying to use this term very uh very particularly and not poorly, but like there might be a more like innovative or creative. Mm-hmm. way to go about doing some things because um, yeah. we have that backlog. Well, I think, you know, so when Laura and I moved into our home in 2017, the home that we're currently in, one of the visions we had was to do a lot of home art shows and yeah. neighborhood kinds of things. And so um, I keep circling back to that, like uh, just even the time we spent kind of sprucing up our, like uh, tending to our home, make, building a garden bed and yeah. fencing and things like that, like things that just, getting into landscaping a little bit. What I found is most of the neighbors are encouraged by it. Like we've got like a lot of people that are, are like excited to start doing that themselves and you mm-hmm. kind of catalyze each other into something. And um, it's a fine line. You know, you don't want people thinking you're worshiping your house and, you know, trying to outdo each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you, there's a posture of humility. You're not trying to impose standards on people, anything like that at all. But um, it's been largely positive and it makes me think about how open people might be to, art exhibitions in your house or mm. um, smaller venues that are less fussed over, but are rightly centered on, on the artists and the, the stuff they do, the music they play, the, the songs they write or the paintings they make. I mean, um, I just wonder what it would be like to be more localized as artists right now and mm. um, kind of like right off your porch in your front, front of your home, your apartment or your neighborhood and, and um, what that would generate. You know, is, is because I think before this, the look was always out there with distance, you know, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to show in this city or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, this big gallery down the street or, but it's always kind of way out there as opposed to just out there, like right out, right outside your front door. Um, and I, and I, I think this would be an interesting time to really experiment with that. Um, it could change the gallery system a little bit. It could um, possibly weaken some galleries. I don't know. I, I think there's an ecosystem and an economy there. But um, there's a lot of artists that are waiting for slim opportunities to show. Yeah. And it's like, what would it take to just completely reinvent the wheel on um, exhibiting? And there's always been house shows. Like It's not mm-hmm. like this is new. But I think there's, uh, for portions of people, it would be new for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this would be the most advan- uh, advantageous time to take a step in that direction and carve out that category as valuable. Um, you know, so for us thinking about being a nonprofit in a gallery, you know, these are, these are ideas that are turning around. And when I walk down the street in my neighborhood or, you know, I'm in my studio working, it's like, 
I'm meeting neighbors that are enjoying each other's company and enjoying each other's interests. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard, I just heard yesterday from one neighbor that another neighbor, Quentin was collaborating with another neighbor, Steve, who's a, a performer and they recorded some kind of track and this other neighbor just moved in recently. So, I mean, relatively Mm -hmm. recently and they didn't waste any time collaborating. I was like, that is just the coolest thing to know. Yeah. Um, that, that, that spirit is just like there and these people just saw it and took it, you know? And I thought, what a, what, you know, what a great example of not waiting for someone else to give you a license or a, Mm -hmm. a venue, or it's just like, don't hesitate. Like people, I don't know. There's, you know, so then talking to this neighbor, there's another neighbor that I, I know a different way. But because these two neighbors are next door neighbors, it's halfway down my street. This particular person, um, Chester, is uh, turns out has like old, you know, maker, carpentry, mm-hmm. furniture making skills. And so you see nice. my other neighbor who's trying to learn mm-hmm. and he starts sharing tips and ideas. And before you know it, there's a whole connection there around making. So it's like seeing these things and having time off yep. and being able to slow down and just kind of enjoy where you dwell, taking a vacation kind of thing um, has given me some eyes to see some of the things we talk about actually at play just on my street. Mm-hmm. And it's like, gosh, if we could, if we could open more light up to the kinds of the things we do, I think, I think it could generate something that we haven't yet, you know, fleshed out. Yeah. I think it requires a step away because otherwise you're just stuck in a churn. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, exactly like our, our, um, and this is coming from somebody who's heavily task oriented. Um, like it's easy to get in the churn and feel like because you're marking things off a list, mm-hmm. you're productive or something like that, even though the things you're marking off the list may be kind of inconsequential, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that, you know, that, that actual time away, whether it's physically away or if you're just like, I'm not going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So one thing that came out um, over this past year is, you know, there are a number of people who have uh, had like, you know, a, a rather long hiatus from different like digital media things. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, I didn't, you know, I just took the TV out of the room, didn't do it. I yeah. was intentional about like reading or hanging out with friends or family. They, uh, you know, were just like, hey, I'm not on what a fill in the blank social media for X number of months. Um, and they found it hugely like, I mean, this is a heavy word, but like restorative yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, and I think that there's, and that's, that's the, that's the impetus. That's the idea behind the, the concept of vacation Yeah, is it's not like, what's the flashy place you can go so you can show your friends or mm-hmm. whatever. It's not that at all. It's very much what play, what, what can you do in order to have a bit of restoration mm-hmm. from the world that is like a constant, like pounding yeah, of waves on a beach, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that they don't stop. I think about Dave, um, Chappelle's story and how he, for various reasons that are, I'm not trying to over assume anything here, but just that he disappeared for a while for various reasons, turned yeah. down the big contract, all that stuff. And then the way he showed back up was like out of a kind of relative anonymity. And he just shows up with a PA system and a mic and, and um, starts doing comedy in the park yeah. for free mm-hmm. just to get his edge back. It's like a Rocky move from the movie yeah. to kind of recapture his love. It's like when Rocky goes to train with Apollo in Compton or wherever it is. I can't remember in the, the, the films, but to get back to that like source of, um, tension and energy mm-hmm. and just the, I'm not doing it for anything, but the sake of doing it kind of thing. And, um, the, I, there's just something really, I mean, of course he's got a ton of money and he's pretty insulated and, and he's, he's made some good decisions. So, but there is something admirable about stepping in that direction because you really have to do it Yeah, and you have to confront what you think you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. 
that is has you behold the staying on the staying in the face of the deluge like so do i really lose much by not being on instagram and probably not man you know it's hard hard for me to not take a peek and um so yeah so this question of vacation is is like an unplug like a Mm -hmm. just can i turn can i turn off i actually don't know you know i'll find out you know just by by doing it but um i think it's worth thinking about and it's worth kind of um going outside your your habitual rhythms which are good habits are great but um yeah what would it what's your what's your um comedy in the park you know, thing you know like what would be that you know thing? like for me particularly yeah like what, would, <sighs> Dude, what could you uh, imagine doing that would be i tell you what like uh I can, I can talk about an example in the past uh it's hard to think of one at this moment um they're there um but i know that Finishing up grad school, I, I couldn't read a book for like almost a year. Mm-hmm. Like, like I couldn't, I love reading and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, it was like there was a necessary step away because every book, uh, no matter what it was, uh, just the, the, the repetitive, <laughs> the repetitive deluge of grad school mm-hmm. had gotten me to a place where like uh, reading wasn't for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't even for any sort of like personal betterment or enrichment. It was, it was highly, uh, you know, like it was kind of perfunctory and it was necessary Mm -hmm. and it was all these sort of things. Um, and it was really difficult to kind of get back and just enjoy a book. And so it was like, so it took a while to even like enjoy reading to my kids Mm -hmm. because it was just one of those things. And I had to have that, that break to kind of, have the space open back up, and now it's like I'd much rather read a book to my kids, yeah, than sit there and have like some like deep critique of an academic text. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a place for it. I love doing it. It's yeah. something I'm getting more interested in doing again. But um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of reading reading books to my kids is kind of that moment in the park mm-hmm. sort of thing I can think of offhand. Um, yeah. For me personally, yeah, I feel like I feel like for me, I used to go. Um, with a few other painters and like one of my professors who I was studying with closely, Tom Monteith, who was really awesome. And so we did a lot of plein air painting, you know, and yeah. I don't know, I don't plein air paint at all. And my work doesn't appear to have anything to do with that in the most sense. It doesn't anymore, but, um, you know, I live in a great city and the James river and there, there is the, the, you know, 25 year old, 26, even 28 year old me would pack up my stuff and trek into a outdoor space and just, and you know, they weren't paintings to show anybody. It was really about the act of doing it. And I think I've lost a little bit of yeah. that. And uh, so I think every year I go through a period of flirting with the idea, but it never feels serious enough, mm. you know, and I don't know why I don't, I don't know, but I, so I still have those flirtatious thoughts with like going and sitting on, there's just so many great locations. I can yeah. you know, 50 million locations just sit down and, um, and maybe it's cause I don't want to be troubled with people asking you questions. Cause when you, when you paint outside, people mm-hmm. assume it's a, it's a reason to come talk to you. Yeah. And it's actually not what most artists are doing. They're really there. That's real. Chasing the light, so to speak. Um, but that is a thing that I feel like it's like exercise. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's not good until you, you can't feel the effects of exercise until you've exercised. You can't really know the worth of getting back out there and doing it outside of the confines of your studio space and everything yeah. else until you just do it. And it's an inconvenience. It's a trek. It's like, a, um, you know, if you're assuming a kind of convenient state, 
then it's an inconvenience to that. Whatever your comfort zone is, mm-hmm. it's outside of that. So it's going to be like, you know, lugging up all your, your paints and having jugs of water and pallets. And I used to p- gesso cardboard, you know, I had, had a, a, a system to, to go back and like recapture some of that spirit. I think it's needed for me mm-hmm. and I just haven't, haven't had the uh, fortitude to do it. But I, I feel like I'm missing. I mean, I feel like just confessionally, I'm just missing out. I'm just missing out on the richness of what's just like outside my door. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the nature of work as we experience it, it is so much uh, percentage wise mm-hmm. of our life um, that the, the idea of vacation is to completely just, you know, zone out. To yeah. just go full like vegetative, um, and that's not helpful because I always feel I feel more stressed after coming back from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want yeah, because you got to get back in. You got to get back yeah. in. You got to go back into the whole whole thing, and it's so it's a, it, it's kind of like how do you how do you take the things about vacation and like actually start to incorporate them into life? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what you're kind of getting at. Yeah. It's like what are these things that can be like if, if vacation is to be a, a space that's restorative. Then, then how do we actually like make that restoration a part of our entire life? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that actually enter in? You know, and there's sometimes that feels possible, and there's other times where I think you know we understand that we're always, <laughs> always on that hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, which is why, like, you know, a week of vacation, a week of staycation, a week of just not going to the studio, uh, on purpose is is a is a positive thing. Um. Yeah, but it's it's also hard because the way that you know that 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 the vacation can feel restorative for me is to make sure that I don't just lay on the couch. Mm-hmm. So in that same breath, I have to kind of say, well, so I guess I got to make a few plans for vacation. Yeah, but I don't want to veer into the task oriented stuff. Yep, that I'm so good at, and then vacation becomes another set of tasks. It's tough. It's a really thin line. Yeah, it's interesting because like I was. As you were talking, I was looking it up. I was trying to think about sabbaticals mm, yeah. and how sabbaticals have something to do with like Sabbath and rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there's, yeah, well, a, I mean, what what is it? What do you even mean? Like, what does Sabbath mean? Is uh, it just like, what does it just mean rest or something? Yeah, it's like a well, it's like a religious rest. Oh, gotcha. You know, um, uh, rest from from um, a work required of you, kind of thing. Oh, okay, so it's like yeah. there's a, a like a period of time. Okay. I don't know. Is it like a totality to like a, I don't know. I mean, just the, you know, the idea is like when I think of rest, I'm like, oh, I'm taking a rest. You yeah. Know, like, like a rest at the end of the day, like you rest at night or whatever. Um, but it seems like me, if it has some sort of religious implication, it seems like it's probably a lot. <laughs> right. It probably, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably more than just like, oh, I'm going to take five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more than that. So, you know, well, why, so two things, why I was thinking about it is because how sabbatical is like in the university system is like a paid time of, of rest, but there's like an idea that the, the, the paid time solves a need, right? You're like provided purpose. for. Yeah. Your, no, your, your needs are provided for, mm-hmm. which alleviates a pressure that corresponds to work. Mm. I work so that my needs are met. University gives you rest in the sabbatical sense, traditionally yeah. paid leave of time. So you can be doing the work without the burden of the work that makes sense you know so it's something interesting that does tie back into sabbath yeah and also i mean as you're as you're even describing that it also makes sense why you see fewer and fewer of them in the university yes yes um and i think that there's a there's a detriment there yep because we've that, lost it we've lost a uh there's a um 
Yeah, it's hard to quantify the value of that kind of rest. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything everything veers towards industrial efficiency. Yes. Um, and that's hard when uh, the resource that you're trying to become industrially efficient is uh, human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in some sense, maybe even the idea of uh, vacation is like, a, I mean, maybe this goes too far. Uh, you know, maybe some weird whatever, but maybe the idea of vacation is even that it's, it's a time set aside to just return to humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, that that your work is not you. Mm-hmm. That you are separate from your work, which is how you can do work and stop doing work and do other work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then to step away from work can be, in a positive sense, uh, a step toward humanity. Not yeah. that work is necessarily dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying that there are times Certainly where not. just the act, the constant, yeah. continual uh, ping of work can make so, you forget some of the things that make you yeah. human. So that's, that's the trouble then, you know, so if I'm thinking about this, I'm like, but what do you do if you, um, and sincerely, what do you do if you, you can't get, you're struggling, making ends meet? You know, no, how do you, how do you find that kind of sub- Sabbath rest or sabbatical? How yeah. do you find that vacational? I had six or seven years where that, there was no real, I mean, because even when we went places, it was like, oh, there's still all the stuff you have to do. Right. Because you're just fighting for those ends to be met. Yep. And so, you know, we'd be somewhere, like maybe my wife and my daughter at the time, we only had one kid, like would would be doing some things like with family or something like that. And mm. I'm still having to, you know, check in with a couple of clients or, or write a paper or yeah. do something else. And I couldn't really have that rest. And I, I will tell you that, um, like what happened to me in this situation is there was a point where I just broke. Mm. Like, like it's, it's like anything else, you know, if you're lifting weights, you max out, like your muscles just stop. And yeah. Like, we can't that do this, this summer and we can't do anything. No, I hit that this summer. You know, so it's like, you couldn't pick up a fork in nope. that moment. Um, and you know, like, um, as a, as a human, it felt the same way. We're like, everything was, everything was a wall. Yeah. I'm just coming out of that. I mean, I hit that this summer one, 9 million percent and yeah. I've never hit that. People always go, how do you have somebody recently is like, I still don't understand how you do all that you do. And, um, and I think there's a bigger conversation there, but uh, I've been really tired in yeah. the past, but I like hit a break. I hit like a, a breaking point this year, like this summer by the end of the semester, I just hit a breaking point. Yeah. I just could not think, you know, it's been a wrestling match even up to this point to, to have the output that I've typically had. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to deal with it. Like people have to understand. But it's hard because sometimes, you know, if you're, you know, some folks that are here, like they have to work, yeah, you know, and, um, you know, we, we by and large have to work. So finding your, your respite or that's why I said the vacation thing is nice because even if it's the Al Bundy staycation yeah. where you tape off the floor and you pretend like you're on an airplane, mm-hmm. j- just to imagine your space is not a duty yeah, and a retreat, you know, sometimes the, the home becomes duty bound. Mm-hmm. And um, you forget the the luxury of a room or a space, whatever, a dwelling place where, you know, um, it's there for you to rest and recline and be known and all of those things. But, you know, can you can you be imaginative in that space and actually give yourself yeah. some time off? I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to think about. Um, it's worth thinking about. Because I think um, there's a fruitful opportunity ahead of us, but we need to be charged up for it. Well, I think, you know, there's also a, there's a, there's kind of a charge, if you want to put it that way, like within uh, people who are doing some sort of creative practice, Mm -hmm. like, are you as, uh, are you as creative within your rest or your vacation as you are within your work? You know, Mm -hmm. 
we're always as artists and designers, I think, going to pride ourselves on the creativity we bring to the work we do. And then we become, at least from my experience, we, we're pretty, we're pretty non-creative. We're pretty mm-hmm. boring when it comes to our vacation at rest. Yeah. You know, we're just like, well, I can't afford it. Yeah. I guess I just won't do it. It's yeah. like, that's, that's a super uncreative way to look at yeah. what's going on. And, you know, if you have that, that approach to the things that are kind of life-giving and joy, that's, that's how you get things like Indiana Jones 4. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, even, even, you know, like it's not Indiana Jones four, but it were five or yeah. Well, but, um, so I, we had some, um, we have like birds that build a nest on our porch, mm-hmm. the left side of our, this door, when you walk out to our porch every year. And so we had some finches do that, but they didn't, the eggs didn't survive. I think sometimes finches attack their own eggs. They might think there's something wrong or they mm-hmm. eat them. I think that's what happened. So yesterday I started noticing two pigeons on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. First time in the four years I've lived there building a nest. And my neighbor was like, gosh, they're so messy though. And I was like, yeah, but like we never get to see this one. You know, like my kids, I was like, I don't care about the mess. Like yeah, yeah. it's a little story right there on my porch. Mm-hmm. And they're watching these two birds that love each other that are building their little nest family and mm-hmm. they're gathering up stuff. And the way they communicate to each other, you can distinguish the communication that they have for each other. Like you can hear it. There's a whole thing going on. And I'm like, it's free and it's real and it's like messy and it's happening. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, why would I want to mess with that? Uh, I'm like, I can be inconvenienced with some bird poop and. Um, yeah, but don't you know you could just shoo them away and then you just have some, you know, two by sixes. To yeah, look so at? That I can yeah I can leave the two by sixes or we can let the nest happen. Yeah. The bird's gonna grow up and they're gonna fly out and then uh, no no harm no foul really. Yeah. You know now clean you know, up like a little bird poop. House, it's all good. Clean up some bird poop, whatever. And sure pigeons, but I'm like they are kind of a if you stop looking at things. Uh, a certain kind of way it's like rodents are rodents you know pigeons maybe are looked at as like the squirrel of the sky or something i don't know but yeah um <laughs> but if you're unwilling to see sky it that, squirrels sky squirrels if you're willing to like look past that a little bit it's kind of like an m- amazing thing that just freely landed in your your home yeah, yeah and it's like i think trying to like you know i'm always ebbing this way but like staring at just joyfully watching like my um figs grow mm-hmm. And, and kind of like, you know, watering the lawn today or watering the uh, garden. It's, it's like uh, desperately need that as a steady aspect to my mm. soulful diet. Yeah, yeah, um, no, totally. You know, I mean, we have a, uh, it's funny, we, we have a small tree we planted when we moved into our house. Um, and uh, it's a tree from back home where me and my wife come from. And it actually comes from the property she grew up on. And so, like, it holds some sentimental value, uh, but we also named it Linda. And uh, the the funny thing is, is like, uh, you know, just kind of the the act of of you know something as stupid as giving a tree a name and knowing where it came from, like, it, it there there's small little things that tie us into like this is actually. Like it's something we kind of root for. So every yeah, spring yeah, yeah. we're just like, is it coming back? Like, right. and it's, it, it really is like two or three yep. times a week going out and check. Yeah. And there's a, there's a better sense of wonder and not because we gave it a name, but because we actually have made something important of it mm-hmm. that we haven't just said, Oh, it's just another hunk of wood coming out of the ground. Yeah. And so yeah, we, yeah. you know, even the, even the kids have gotten to the point where they're like, is it, he's got the leaves. Like, is it, yeah. is it coming back? Yeah. You look forward to it. No, I mean, it's funny. Like I was, uh, I had squash growing on a vine or, you know, and it skipped the vine and reached over to like where my window is to my basement and it's got like little bars on it and it like started wrapping around that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to understand like this is not my natural bent, what I'm going to say, but I actually was like 
it was like moving in a way to see life kind of aspire to like latch on to something to position mm-hmm. itself for better sunlight. And so normally I would just be like, yeah, pull it and move it. Actually, because I need to redirect it so it can actually grow well. Yeah. Because it was, it was putting itself down, but to be in light in a certain kind of way. And I was like, there was some kind of, like, it's hard to grap- grapple with the fact that this thing moved that direction and then latched on and then spiraled around it. Yeah. It's like, you just take it for granted. But I, for some reason today I didn't. And uh, then I had a hard time moving it. This is yeah. dumb. I mean, it's like, you know, it's going to grow back fine, but it's just, it was like just enough of a thing to be like, just for, just a respect, just mm-hmm. a respect for the, uh, the nature of life and nature or whatever. Yeah. Is, um, I think it's just something that, um, well, here's what I'll say. Maybe it's the last thing I'll say. It's that, uh, if we've learned anything, life is very short. Mm-hmm. Everybody is seeing it and yeah. we know that. And we, we, we're so hard headed. We need constant reminders. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I just think that I might be missing the best parts because I'm busy at work. You know, yeah, I think that's what no, it comes down to. It's, it's real. It's a um, hard, hard thing to parse out. Yeah, I mean, I heard a story the other day about a guy who, um, you know, now that remote work is more commonplace, there are mm-hmm. some companies who have said, "Hey, we're just going to go full remote," and so we'll hire people full remote anywhere yeah you know so it's you know if, if it's a west coast company and you live on the east coast no big deal we'll hire you, you stay there you don't have to move this guy got in a job um with a very lucrative west coast company and was getting california money to live in a town that was smaller and so he took it because everything was so kind of amazing about it sure and he's like you know don't have to move it's a big bump i kind of get a, a you know promotion of sorts um and what he found out like six months later is he was like, I'm not doing this anymore because he was working at home the same as he was before. But now he was, it was almost impossible for him to see the family he lived with mm-hmm. while working at home with the family. Yeah. Because the, the constraints of work were so heavy. Time differences. And time differences. So like kids were, you know, he was up for the kids where the kids were asleep before he was done. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the circumstances were, there was something very different. Yep. And it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leveraging life mm-hmm. for work. And that's not to say that what we have to aspire to is this kind of like, you know, you know, I'm not calling for some weird, like, uh, 18th, 19th century, like bohemian, like, you know, just kind of like, partially exists and just find scraps of food places and just yeah. do your thing. It's yeah. not that, but it is that there, there is, there's a necessary uh, cadence in life that I think calls for that slow down. Mm-hmm. It calls for the kind of retreat mm-hmm. that calls for the things because we all get it, you know, whether it feeds us like physically or like feeds our souls in some sort of spiritual way. Like there's, there's yeah. something that's gained from that that actually makes the rest of the stuff function better. Yeah. It's like if COVID, if COVID got us to slow down, which we've talked about it did, and a lot of people said that, then is it your responsibility to maintain that rhythm once that changes? Like, do you, mm. do you allow yourself to be swept in? So if you were swept into slowing down, are you then swept into speeding up? Or do you come at it with more of a responsibility to yourself and others to establish a rhythm that accounts for the importance of that? Yeah. That's the question yeah. that, that's on the table for me. And uh, whether or not I have the fortitude to own that, and it remains to be seen. But um, it's kind of where where I, th- you know, it's it's I'm it's at least in my purview. I see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not totally seems, confident, but and just from the conversation, it seems that what I would, um, I don't know, what I'd charge myself with is like, how can you take 
all the positives and all the benefits of something like a vacation and make it more normal within mm-hmm. your actual life. Yeah, that's kind of the I think the yeah. ideal is the is, is the way these things become more embedded into each other. Mm-hmm. So you're not as crushed while you're working. I think that's the thing I'm dreary of is I don't want to go through another year like the last one in some ways. I don't want to be crushed the same way. Yeah. So what can I learn? But I need some time to reflect on that, which I think is what kind of we're getting at is like there's a point where you're like, okay, I got to I got to be quiet for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got to um you know, even even wrestling with the idea of like how important you are. It's like not that important. Yeah. You know, the world doesn't have to hear for, hear from me. Yeah, or, it's here before I was here. It'll be yeah, after I go. Yeah, yeah. And not, I don't know. Yeah. So anyhow, I mean, I think hoping it's not a bad place to be, but um, I don't think so. Yeah. But because I mean, there's perspective shift. There's things that uh, you know, other things click into rightful places mm-hmm. when when stuff gets you know ironed out. Um, so it's not just a, you know, and, and like I think a lot with the the stuff about rethink that we've dealt with, like the, the idea of vacation and kind of the concept of vacation. Like it, it it's not, it's not a singular thing. It's not, Mm-mm. it's not, you know, um, is very much connected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when I talk about rest, that's different than vacation. Yep. But they're, they're tied together. Yep. They um, because, you know, we, we do. Rest and relaxation. We do. We live in a world where, you know, like, uh, what I do, uh, Bleeds into other things. In a time. How I see things. That's what it is. Morgan Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about rest and relaxation. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Listen, Gareth. I can't do that. I can't. Gareth, listen. (laughs) I I want to talk to you about a time. (laughs) Pretty close. You got the the draw on the end there that works. So, So Morgan Freeman lived like 30 minutes from the university I went to. No doubt, and he had a he would he would be at football games a whole lot, mm-hmm. and he gave money to the school. Um, was a big donor. I'm gonna give money to your school. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he also had a blues club uh, about an hour away. Sweet, that was really legit. Yeah, he was also there. awesome in Batman, dude. I love that character. <laughs> what, dude? Which, he was like, which Batman? You gotta be specific here. Christian Bat- Bale, dude. He was Batman's holy gizmo crap. Guy. Yes, yeah, he was. Jeez, phenomenal man. in those. Gosh. Listen, Batman, <laughs> we're talking about practice, not the game. Well, I'll tell you, like, uh, my favorite thing about Morgan Freeman is uh, his Blues Club had some of the best tamales I ever had in my life. Oh, you I know love why? tamales. You know why, dude? Why? They would wreck you, and here's why. Why? Because they'd uh, play you like a flute. <laughs> yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the uh, so for those of you who do not know about tamales, you need to uh, plan a vacation to a place where they make tamales. Yes, all um, day. Please do it. I love, it's my favorite food. So roll out, uh, so, uh, you know, anywhere kind of along the Mexican border throughout the United States, you probably find some decent tamales. Also, the Mississippi Delta. Um, little known fact, fantastic tamales, different than the stuff that Ryan grew up with. So the tamales we grew up eating were probably very different, um, but they all made in the same sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. So they're steamed inside usually corn husks or something like that, sometimes inside of uh, foil or like wax paper. Mm-hmm. And most of them are just, you know, steamed with water. But at this place, they would steam them with hot sauce, like a heavy dose of hot sauce in the water. Mm. So when they came out, they'd be kind of red. Did you say hot dog water? No, that's that's what you got to wash your hands in. Yeah, you went in. Just, just get some the bucket of hot dog water. The uh, 
But like hot Morgan sauce. Freeman's hot dog water. Hot dog water. <laughs> um, it's a terrible product. <laughs> yeah, not a sponsor. <laughs> not uh, sponsored by anybody. But it was uh, fantastic tamales. Oh, dude, I go on vacation and just just eat, eat those I, tamales. You know, I you, you keep threatening it, dude. We got to do it at some point. We do. We're too old. So much, so much because the uh, also like about fifteen minutes from there is another place that has amazing barbecue. Mm-hmm. And tamales. Yeah, I just got to do tamales, though. I'm yeah. Tamale Pierce. I need some tamales from back home. But from, here's the deal. Like, that's, that barbecue, like, yeah. if you're rolling through the Mississippi Delta, yeah, get you some barbecue and tamales yeah. because the, the barbecue is always going to be, it's like original fusion food, man. Yeah. So it was barbecue stuff because yep. what was happening is uh, the people that were already in Mississippi mm-hmm. and then these immigrants that were coming in were kind of melding their food yep. together. So yep. it's like, oh, traditional American barbecue with... Made by a guy from Greece. Yeah. Sweet. Or a guy from Lebanon. Yeah. And it's like all these come together and you're like, this is unique. Dude, you want to know what's weird, man? What's that? So I. This conversation. This conversation is maybe the weirdest podcast we've ever done. It's the cool. most non sequitur we've ever Th- this, done for but sure. It's the weirdest podcast we've ever done. It's the most ordinary conversation we've ever had. Facts. So I, you know, I got an animal scratch bite from an outside animal and mm-hmm. um, some weird things started happening with my arm. Uh-huh. So I had to take some emergency antibiotics. Yeah. And I got sick oh, from the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. They warned me as two different types. I have developed an aversion towards food oh, since then. What? So as you're describing the food right now, I'm like truthfully getting nauseous. Dude, I'm so which sorry. Which is uncharacteristic of me. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, totally. Um, and so when I start thinking about food, I start feeling sick. It's really weird. Like all food? Yeah, it's really weird. Man. Like I can, um, I can't think about food. It, it, it destroyed my appetite Gosh. for a, just for one week. It was terrible, but intensely. And I thought, okay, well, once this medicine now it's supposed to stay in my system a second week and maybe that's why I'm still experiencing it. Like it's like, it, you know, not fully out of the system for, for the mm-hmm. second week. But, um, dude, I'm like feeling nauseous right now. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it sucks. Hoping I don't have rabies. Yeah, that'd be bad. That'd be bad. Um, don't man. lose me to rabies. Yeah, that'd be lame. That'd be super lame. What a way yeah. to go. I'd make up a lie about how you died. Thanks. I would. I would. I would too. <laughs> Before I go, just want to let you know the truth. Uh, I didn't he drank Morgan Freeman's hot dog water. I didn't <laughs> promise it would be good for you. Dude, I just. I Morgan Freeman's not even good. Why do I keep doing it? It's like not convincing at all. Thanks for joining us, Morgan. Yeah, yeah thanks, Morgan. That just sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I wish you could do uh, impressions better. Yeah. There's a, I worked with a guy uh, named Steven, and I used to call him DB. I'd be like, what's up, Deebs or DB? And DB, DB would come in. It was a labor agency we worked at. So he'd come in for work. He's a temporary labor agent. I was like the office manager. And he would do uh, um, his famous Diana Ross. <laughs> I've heard of this. Yeah. And I've heard of DB's like, And so wrong. DB would be like, loving you. But the guy, and the guy's like 6'5". He's a big man. He's a uh-huh. big teddy bear. And a bald head, you know. And it was the most non-Diana Ross <laughs> thing you've ever heard in your life. But I'd be like, I'd get everybody to be quiet. And Stevie would step away from the window. And then he'd show back up and like act like he was sparkling. And he'd just sing to the office, loving you. And everybody would be like, Diana, is that you? Like, you know, just... Oh my gosh, dude! Total non sequitur. DB, I love DB so much. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, get it, Debs. And I'm like, if you just close your eyes right now. So every now and then, Laura, my wife, and I um, will sing like someone, but we won't really be singing like as we can. Mm-hmm. And so you'll just go like, you know, whoever it is, is that you? 
if I if Laura's doing it and if I say like, you know, I don't know who it is, Cher is that you or something? That's never Cher, but I can't think of the name now. She'll just lose it. Yeah. That's the best. That's the fun. <laughs> if Laura's trying to sing playfully as a joke mm-hmm. and I say that and she laughs while still singing, <laughs> that's the funniest thing to me in my life. Like that's that fantastic. makes me laugh more than anything. <laughs> yeah. That's like a win. You're like, this is the best. It's the best humor for me, you know, seeing her try to hold it together <laughs> and not sound like a good singer yeah. on purpose, you know, on purpose. So good. She can flatten a note like anybody. Yeah. She can, she can like do like deadpan singing <laughs> as a joke and it'll just, it kills me every time. That's great. Yeah. Anyhow. Sorry, I just put her on the spot. She's probably going to not be happy. About <laughs> She's good at it. All I know is uh, now I need to hear that, Laura. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Anyhow, um, maybe maybe that's the way to end this episode, dude. I mean, maybe why not? Okay, so we'll you know we'll be back to serious talks. This was our vacation episode where you yes, just very serious. It's like us sitting at the beach drinking pina coladas, yes. wasting away in Margaritaville. And I do like pina coladas. And I do like Mountain Dew. I do like pina coladas. <laughs> if you like pina coladas and paninis, <laughs> Garrett is really into pina coladas and paninis from Panera. Yeah, that's all real. <laughs> Pina coladas from Panini and Panera's, dude. We call them Triple P's. I yeah. scared, I've talked to Snacks Mill's third nickname, Triple P's. <laughs> third. I like that you say third. Like you have to come up with like second. 400. I'm not going to say what the second one is. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know what it is either. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Garrett's second nickname is Take Me Home Tonight. That's it. I'm not going to leave it alone. I don't know if he's singing to the paninis or what. Like nah, just stomach you know, aches from the tamales. I don't know. Car keeps breaking down. Tonight, ate too many tamales. I'm about to lose my sight. <laughs> yeah, so as we always like to say, we love y'all. You're a fantastic audience. Uh, thanks for putting up with us. Uh, we love being invited in your home, car, your ears, your head, whatever. And we appreciate you. And we will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.